Adult content intended for an adult audience only. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. Contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link above to further support this writer. A Shepherd in France Chapter 14 by Bernd Redstone Ben watched the fish tank drive out of the parking lot and waved at Daniel, Miriam, and Megan who were frantically waving at him out the back window. He couldn't help the grin that slipped across his lips. He really loved those kids. Their day trip to Lyon almost didn't happen as Gabriella and Catherine still held on to some of the anxiety from the previous day's attack. The police had informed Alexis first thing that they hadn't seen Arsene anywhere, and he hadn't gone to his cabin in the woods. This made Gabriella worry that he might come back but Ben really didn't feel too concerned about that, and insisted they not change their plans on the basis of what might possibly happen but probably wouldn't. Catherine was sore this morning but she hid it well. She was the first to wake and slipped back to her bed before the others woke up. Gabriella slipped away to her room shortly afterwards and Ben woke to an empty bed which, after the activities of the previous night, made him feel a little out of sorts. When he met Catherine in the hall downstairs he pulled her aside into the living room to question the situation. How are you this morning? He asked. Wonderful. A little sore maybe but otherwise wonderful. She grinned. You snuck away this morning. Is everything okay? Between us? Between you and Gabriella? He asked nervously. She blinked at him. Of course. Silly man. I love you. I love Gabriella. He relaxed, and she hugged him tightly which he returned. Gabriella was passing the doorway. Gabriella! Come in here and hug this silly man! Kat said and her friend wasted no time in joining the group hug. What brought this on? Gabriella asked as they pulled back. I woke up alone and it made me a little anxious that last night's activities might have changed our relationships in some way. Ben mumbled. Oh Ben! You are a silly man. We love you. Gabriella scolded him gently. See, I told you. Cat grinned. Gabriella turned to her friend. How are you doing? I was telling Ben, I'm a little sore, but the benefits far outweigh this temporary discomfort. Catherine said with a dreamy smile. Benefits? Gabriella asked. I was right. The real thing was profoundly better than toys. The experience was transcendent. I feel like a different woman. She gushed and pressed her body against Ben's as she looked up at him in awe. Ben felt uncomfortable with her reverence, and Gabriella picked up on that right away. It was sex, cat, she said trying to bring her friend back to ground. Yes, but it's like I've discovered something really important about myself I was in the dark about my whole life. I love sex and sex with Ben is the best I've ever experienced but last night. Catherine's face held an expression of joy and raw hunger. It was a whole new, higher level for me. I now understand Jacqueline's craving. To feel like that again. Her hands were gripping his t-shirt as she looked into his eyes and bit her lip. Her eyelids fluttered as she felt his cock begin to swell and press against her. Catherine! The blonde blinked and looked at Gabriella who was staring at her in concern. You sound like an addict! Catherine blinked again then began to giggle. I guess I do but really, can you blame me? She said gesturing at Ben. Gabriella smirked at her friend and tugged her away. Come on people, let's get breakfast. We have to get the day started. Conversation at breakfast had been cheery and Daniel was very enthused about their day trip into Lyon though the shopping the ladies hoped to do didn't interest him in the slightest. Stephanie hadn't joined them as she'd apparently worked all night and was sleeping. Alexis checked on her and she was fine. The group finished up their meals then rushed to get ready and hustled out to the van. Ben had to give multiple kisses and assurances before he was able to get them to go.
Ben rubbed his hands together. He had a lot of work to do on the renovations and was eager to begin. He turned back to the door and saw Alexis and Beatrice barring his entrance with smiles on their faces. You promised you would have some fun so you are going to do it now. Beatrice insisted and handed Ben a bicycle helmet. He saw they weren't going to accept any arguments. Inside the helmet were some extra-large gloves so he pulled them on. He flipped the helmet over and saw two mini-cameras mounted back-to-back, front and back angles he supposed. He looked at the two women and raised his eyebrows. We'll be reviewing this footage to make sure you actually went for a ride. Alexis teased. He strapped the helmet on and bent over so Beatrice could activate the cameras. Do I look like an alien with my antenna? He quipped, and they just pushed him along to the garage. Inside was a bunch of new mountain bikes. Alexis picked out the largest one and Ben swung his leg over the bike. The seat was a little low so they adjusted that. He examined the controls which were relatively straightforward and took it for a spin in the parking lot. He got the hang of the brakes and smiled at the ladies who were grinning at him. They waved and off he went. He turned left at the end of the lane then headed uphill. He rode for about seven minutes at a steady if slow pace when he came across Richard outside tending to the grounds of another BNB. He stopped and chatted for a few minutes then decided to check out the river trail Alexis mentioned. He turned back downhill and coasted along the narrow lane until he passed Alexis and Beatrice's BNB. He vowed he'd put the sign up before he left. Now that arson was in the wind. He moved on and rolled down the road to stop in front of the creep's old house. It certainly looked deserted. The lane he was riding in was just a little wider than one car, was walled on both sides, was one way downhill, and he was on a curve so he released the brakes and began to roll downhill again. He was just passing a large, derelict barn one property down from Arsens when there was a loud boom. Ben felt something scorch across his back and looked to his right. Standing in the doorway to the barn was the fat fuck himself with his gun in his arms. His face was a horrifying sight. As Richard had exclaimed the man's nose was destroyed and his face was coated in dried blood and mucus. Dark bruises covered his face which was badly swollen. How he saw it all out of the slits where his eyes should be was a mystery. He seemed to be fumbling to reload the gun so Ben hammered on the pedals and surged forward. He heard a curse behind him then moments later the loud roar of an old engine. Ben was racing downhill by this point, shooting through the narrow lane looking for an escape route. Fields flashed by on either side of the road. The walls kept him trapped on the road and the flat fields offered no shelter from the crazed man's shotgun. Far down the road he saw the lane he was in ended at AT intersection with the main road which had far more traffic on it. If he could get to it Arsene might be spooked off by the witnesses. It wasn't much but it was all he had. He pedaled harder. The roar of the engine behind him grew closer and he spared a quick glance over his shoulder. The rusty old truck was gaining on him rapidly as Arsene brought the truck up to a reckless speed. Ben came to the sick realization that he wasn't going to be able to reach the main road before Arsene got to him. Close but not good enough. He hammered the pedals but it wouldn't matter. He looked back again in desperation and saw the grin on the man's face suddenly twenty feet away. He stood as high as he could on the pedals thinking maybe he'd roll onto the hood and avoid going under the wheels. Then he spotted a branch overhanging the road from an old tree growing on the field side of the wall. He reached out and grabbed it with both hands just before the truck slammed into the bike's back wheel. Ben screamed as he felt his shoulders being pulled painfully. He swung up and over the sidewall and lost his grip on the branch. He was flung into the field just on the opposite side of the wall. Ben landed on his back with a thump and slid downhill through the dirt as the air was knocked from his lungs. Arsene screamed in rage as his quarry escaped from the road. The large bicycle shot forward under the impact to fall on its side and went under the truck. There was a horrible screeching sound and the steering wheel jumped under Arsene's grip and snapped his thumb back. He screamed in agony and fought the wheel.
he slammed his foot on the brake but something was wrong. The pedal was spongy, and he wasn't slowing fast enough. He glanced forward and saw the intersection racing towards him. He engaged the parking brake and began to slow but it wasn't enough. The old Land Rover shot across the main road at 50 miles an hour to slam into the old stone wall a split second before a speeding delivery truck on the main road slammed into Arsene's door, crushing him. Ben lay in the dirt trying to get his breath back. He must have blacked out for a time. He heard screaming and the voices sounded familiar. He sat up and took inventory. His shoulders ached like crazy, but he was intact. Fingers and toes moved as expected. His back felt like it was on fire but he couldn't see that so he tried to ignore it. He got himself to his feet and looked down the road. He was maybe thirty yards from the intersection and could see smoke and what looked like a traffic accident. Head spinning, he walked along the field side of the wall to see what happened. As he approached he could see Alexis' van and she and Beatrice holding each other and crying as they stood across the road from the burning vehicles. The remains of the bicycle could still be seen under the burning truck. Arsene's corpse was on fire. Suddenly Alexis spotted Ben staring at her and screamed. He raised his hands and the two women came running. Ben! Oh my God! Thank God you're alive! Alexis screamed as she reached across the wall to grab at his arms. Beatrice tried hugging him but Ben hissed when she touched his back. He turned around so they could see the damage and they screamed again. His torn t-shirt was covered in blood and dirt. Oh my God! You need medical attention! Beatrice yelled. Ben saw a fire truck approach followed by an ambulance. Ben took off his helmet and handed it to the women. Beatrice saw the cameras were still recording and looked at Alexis excitedly. She shut them off and disconnected them from the helmet. The cameras went into her pocket. They helped Ben over the wall and held his arms as the trio made their way closer to the road. The police arrived shortly after the firemen were dousing the blaze. The driver of the delivery truck was badly injured and needed more immediate care so the paramedics saw to him first. One took a quick look at Ben's back and said he'd be back to clean that up. Ben recognized one of the policemen as he approached. Beatrice acted as his interpreter as he gave the man his statement. They were still talking when the ambulance packed up their patient and raced away. Alexis shouted after the vehicle but they had a critical patient to deal with. Beatrice told the policeman something and the man nodded. Then she and Alexis turned Ben around and led him to their van. He went into the back and Alexis backed the vehicle all the way up the lane to Arsene's driveway where she turned and drove forward the wrong way on the road back to her property. Beatrice was on her cell and told Ben that Henry and Richard were on their way. They helped Ben into the chateau and led him into the living room calling out to Marie to quickly bring a clean sheet. Alexis threw the couch cushions onto the long coffee table and Marie arrived with the sheet and squeaked when she saw Ben's back. Alexis took the sheet from her and sent her to get a basin of water, face cloths and towels. The woman scurried away. The sheet went over the couch cushions and they had Ben lie on his stomach over this. He sighed heavily as he finally relaxed his screaming muscles. Beatrice rushed away and returned with scissors to cut the shirt off. Once the basin of water arrived with the towels the three women began carefully cleaning Ben's back. The blood had dried and bonded the t-shirt fabric to his wounds so that needed to be softened with the water and peeled away. Beatrice snipped the loosened shirt away from his body until they could fully expose his back. They then cleaned him as best they could until they could see the damage done. The once smooth skin now had scratches and abrasions from his fall. Some looked quite deep. Henry and Richard rushed into the building calling out, and Alexis yelled for them to join them in the living room which they did quickly. Henry immediately knelt down and examined Ben's back as Richard gasped. What happened to Ben? he asked. Beatrice suddenly recalled the cameras in her pocket. She rushed away and returned with her tablet. She extracted the memory stick from the camera and inserted it into the tablet's card reader. 
She found the file and started playing the movie. She scrolled ahead and saw Richard talking with Ben. She scrolled a little further forward and there was some jerky motion. Go back! Richard barked. Beatrice glared at the man who apologized, embarrassed by his excited outburst. She scrolled back and saw Ben stop at Arsene's place then roll forward. The boom of the shotgun could be heard and Ben's grunt. They froze the movie. He was shot! Beatrice yelled. Henry nodded. Yes, there are several pellets under his skin. I have to remove them. Ben, I have no painkillers. Would you like some whiskey? No thanks, document. I'm on the wagon. Ben mumbled from his face-down position. Removing the pellets will hurt. Are you sure? Henry said. Do it, Ben replied with a sigh. Henry looked at Alexis with trepidation. She raised her eyebrows. The retired doctor took out his tools and selected a scalpel. He made a neat cut above the bump of one of the pellets, and Ben hissed. Then he used tweezers to spread open the cut to get to the pellet. Ben growled deeply as the tool dug into him, then the pellet was out, and Ben sagged with relief, panting. Ben, there are four more and one is deep. Are you sure you don't want something? Henry asked. No. Just do it, Ben growled. Henry moved quickly and efficiently, but the pain was still unbearable. Once he had the last one out, the deepest, Ben was unconscious. A small mercy. Henry said after checking Ben's pulse. He proceeded to clean and stitch the larger gashes on Ben's back closed. None needed more than two. Keep playing the video, Richard asked. Beatrice nodded and they all watched Ben's harrowing escape. She extracted the memory card and put in the one from the back-facing camera. That view clearly showed Arsene's face as he attempted to run down Ben with his truck. Please make copies of those movies and send them to the police. Alexis asked her partner who nodded and left to go to their office. Alexis looked at the sleeping man on her table and suddenly broke down in tears. He'd almost been killed. Twice. Alexis! Calm yourself, everything is good. Ben's injuries are not serious. He will have a few more scars for his collection but nothing else is permanent. Henry said. I insisted he go for that bicycle ride. It's my fault. Alexis. She looked down at Ben. Alexis, please. She knelt down to see his eyes were open glassy with pain but open. You are not at fault. If he had come after me, when I was with the kids, this way was safest for everyone. Ben's eyes closed and he was out. Alexis was suddenly angry with Ben. She wanted to strike him for not thinking of his own safety. Henry saw her face and pulled her to her feet and walked her out of the room as Richard and Marie followed with puzzled expressions. Once everyone was back in the kitchen Henry faced her. Why does he think he is not important? Why does he not see how much people love him? What is wrong with that man? Alexis' voice was rising with each question until Beatrice arrived and pulled her into a hug. Both women burst into tears and shook with reaction to the near tragedy. Marie watched with tears in her eyes and her hand on her mouth. Stephanie wobbled into the kitchen. What happened? She asked nervously. Alexis pulled back from her partner and turned to her sister. She wiped the tears from her eyes. Ben was in an accident but he's okay. She finished in a rush as she saw her sister's shock. It was a very close call, and he could have been killed. Ben was riding one of the new bicycles when Arsene shot at him and tried to drive him down with his truck. Somehow Ben got away but Arsene crashed his truck and died. Arsene's dead? Richard, Henry, and Stephanie all gasped in unison. Alexis looked at the men and nodded. Yes, he died in the crash and burned when the trucks caught on fire. Stephanie had a strange look on her face, somewhere between awe and satisfaction. Beatrice saw it and was confused. What is it? She asked. Ben said he was going to have to do something about him, and he certainly did. 
She smiled grimly. Alexis frowned. Steph, Ben didn't do this to kill Arsene. He was wearing cameras which showed he was surprised by Arsene's appearance and had to flee for his life. Arsene's death was an accident. I can't watch the video so I will believe what I want to believe. He is my hero. Where is he? I want to give him a hero's kiss. Stephanie said stubbornly. Ben was injured in the attack. Henry had to dig five shotgun pellets from his back then the fall from the bicycle inflicted more damage to his skin. Alexis explained. More scars? Stephanie gasped, looking shaken. Take me to him. The group looked at the woman in surprise then her sister guided her to the living room. Ben is resting on the coffee table on the couch cushions. The older sister whispered. Don't wake him. Guide my hands to his back. I'll be gentle. Stephanie whispered back. Alexis frowned at her sister then lifted her hands up to the top of Ben's broad shoulders. Stephanie nodded when she knew where her hands were. She concentrated hard and feather light she moved her hands down his back. She got the locations and sizes of the cuts and once she reached his waist she pulled her hands back and fixed the image in her mind. I need to go back to my room please, she said to her sister. Alexis led her away as the rest stayed and watched Ben sleep. He couldn't have planned that, could he? Richard asked his partner who was frowning at Ben. The words sunk in and Henry scowled at his lover, shaking his head in disappointment. He turned and left as Richard hustled after him apologizing. Marie went back to the kitchen so Beatrice sat down on the couch to keep an eye on the big man. About an hour later Ben's eyes twitched and slowly opened. He saw Beatrice resting on the couch and he tried to move. All B managed to do was moan. Beatrice's eyes flew open and she leaned forward. Ben, you are awake? Yes, but now I wish I wasn't. Can you get me some painkillers? He moaned. Right away. One or two. Three, please. They are very strong. She warned. All the better. She rushed away and returned with three pills and a glass of water. She found Ben sitting on the cushions. What are you doing sitting up? She cried. How else was I going to swallow the pills? He asked. Her mouth worked but she had no answer so she just gave him the medication and water. She watched him wince as he lifted his arm to drink. Where does it hurt? She asked gently. I wrenched my shoulders when I grabbed that branch and my back feels like I was dragged through a cactus patch. Multiple times. While it was on fire. He grinned and she smiled back. Then her smile vanished. Ben, we very nearly lost you today. Alexis and I would never have forgiven ourselves for our part in taking the love of Gabriella's and Catherine's life away from them. It has shaken us up terribly. Please do not joke about this, Beatrice said seriously. Okay, but let's be really clear on one very important thing. You and Alexis played no part in the danger I was in today. You two bear no responsibility for what that lunatic tried to do. Maybe he was intending to come up here with that gun and kill everyone. Maybe he would have come after me when I drove by with Gabriella and the kids. I certainly didn't want to be in that situation but considering he had a shotgun and a truck and all I had was a bicycle the fact that I walked away alive and he didn't tells me I did okay. I thank you both for that ride. Ben's voice boomed in the large room. Beatrice looked at him with wide eyes as she trembled. I want to hug you so hard but I think that would hurt. She said. He nodded. Yes it would. A lot. Suddenly her lips were pressed against his and his eyes were wide with surprise. She pulled back with a grin. Not to worry, I still play for the other team. He smiled back. First I'll cook and now you're going after my woman, Alexis said in mock outrage. Tempted. Seriously tempted, but I hear she plays for the other team. Ben smiled and saw the look in Alexis' eye. You heard me? Everyone heard you, Alexis exclaimed. 
Ben pushed himself to his feet. And both women moved to stop him, but he raised his hands. It's time to show you how to grout tiles, he said. Ben, that's insane. You will not be grouting a bathroom after being shot, Alexis yelled. I'm not going to do it. You are. I'm just there to instruct. I promised I would help you finish, but my arms and back aren't going to let me do that. So what I can do is impart my knowledge to you. Really, you've shown me you can do everything I've shown you with professional results. Once you know how to grout, you can finish on your own and you'll feel more pride in knowing you've done the work yourself, he explained. Beatrice looked doubtful but saw the pride in Alexis' eyes so she caved. They walked upstairs with Ben and he began his lesson. No one felt like eating and Gabriella suggested everyone go to bed as they were supposed to be on their way in the morning. Ben went to the kitchen as he actually was hungry having missed lunch. Marie made him a wonderful meal with leftovers and he kissed the back of both of her hands, making her blush fiercely. She surprised him by kissing his forehead before she headed home. Alexis and Beatrice were sitting with him and watched their cook with wide eyes as she left. Gabriella and Catherine joined them in the kitchen and crowded around the kitchen table to be near Ben as he ate. Both began to pick off his plate until he glared at them and Alexis brought out the rest of the leftovers and made some plates for her other guests. Sophia, Rachel and Megan arrived and everyone moved to the dining room as the kitchen table couldn't fit that many people. Gabriella's kids were next and made sandwiches from baguettes and sliced meat. Stephanie made a rare appearance. She had clay smeared on her arms and hands and on her face as well. Alexis cleaned her up at the sink and made her some food. The informal dinner was nice and the mood had finally lightened. Once they were done everyone helped clean up then the group gave their hosts hugs and kisses. Ben watched Stephanie's satisfied expression. How's it going with the clay sculpture? He asked. It's done, she said with a deep smile. Everyone perked up asking to see it. Tomorrow morning before you leave I will have a showing before Richard arrives to take it for his bronze casting process. She said. Alexis rolled her eyes. She's rolling her eyes, isn't she? Stephanie said and chuckles erupted. Their group made their way upstairs and Ben hugged Daniel and gave Miriam a hug and kiss before sending them off to their beds. Megan kissed him and pressed herself fondly against his chest afraid to touch his back. Sophia's kiss was a little desperate and he held her face gently as he slowed their kiss and felt her calm down. He kissed her tenderly, and she smiled at him dreamily as she went into her room. Rachel had tears beginning to pool again so he kissed her hard and left her gasping with a smile and a spinning head. Gabriella and Catherine made it clear that they fully intended to sleep in his bed with him tonight. He didn't argue and they all brushed their teeth together. Afterwards he crawled into the middle of the bed and gently laid down on his stomach. He wasn't to sleep on his back tonight, and no hanky-panky but the women understood and were well behaved. They snuggled in beside him, and soon they were all asleep. Ben had a bad moment in the middle of the night as he relived the race down the road only this time the branch broke and he went under the wheels. He woke screaming and Gabriella and Catherine were there to calm him down. Sophia and Rachel, who were sharing the room next to his, burst in to see if he was okay. He was under the covers and the room was pretty dark so he was only mildly embarrassed. He realized they were still just anxious. He sat up and tucked the sheet around his waist as he offered to hug them. Rachel was immediately on the bed and pressed herself against him. As she pulled back from the hug she stopped to look at his mouth then kissed him quickly. Catherine gave her daughter a gentle spank on the butt as the young woman slipped off the bed. Sophia was much more timid in her approach. She knelt on the bed before Ben and carefully leaned towards him. Ben had to lean forward to hug her and didn't notice his sheet slipped down. Sophia glanced down as they moved together and saw his heavy cock swaying between his legs. He hugged her against his chest, and she trembled. He pulled back surprised, and she blushed and slipped from the bed. 
The two women said their goodnights then closed the door behind themselves. Ben was tingling from the adrenaline and the kiss as he tried to get back to sleep. He wasn't a stomach sleeper and found it uncomfortable. Memory of the nightmare made his mind shy from sleep. It turned into a very long night for him. Morning found Ben groggy and sore. Cranky too if he was being honest. He tried to lighten up but exhaustion weighed him down. Gabriella said his back was looking better than the night before so he took a careful shower with two assistants and afterwards they dried him off gently. Even his overly enthusiastic libido was too subdued to be excited about showering with the two beauties and they picked up on that. Breakfast was quiet and Gabriella filled her cousin in on Ben's condition. Marie served him a king-sized breakfast which earned her a warm smile from Ben. Stephanie, as promised, offered to let them see the sculpture after breakfast and whispered something into Gabriella's ear who then announced that she, Ben, and Catherine would be going first. The others looked disappointed and curious. Ben surprised Marie once more after breakfast by giving her a bear hug and she was told to move her hands down to avoid his back. The small quiet woman surprised Ben by grabbing two handfuls of his ass during the hug. Her face was crimson as she rushed back to the kitchen. Stephanie led the trio into her office and had them line up. There was a table in the middle of the floor with a thin sheet covering the statue. None of them knew what to expect as this piece of art was so much larger than anything Stephanie had ever created. They tried to prepare themselves but when she carefully uncovered it all three froze. It was Ben. Four feet tall but an almost perfect replica of the man himself. Oh my god! Gabriella breathed. It's incredible! Catherine gushed. It's me! Ben barked, horrified. Stephanie heard Ben's tone and frowned in worry. You don't like it? All three women were looking at Ben in surprise as he took in the excruciatingly accurate detail. Every scar, wrinkle, dimple, and bulge was there. The expression on its face was open and daring. His eyes dropped to the penis which again was rendered in perfect detail and scale. He walked around to the back and the new scars were there too. How did you get the new injuries? He gasped. I mapped them while you were unconscious yesterday, Stephanie said in a quiet voice. He looked back at the sculpture and walked back to stare closely at its face again. It's me, he said quietly. Yes, Ben, it's you. It's a perfect match and it's gorgeous, Gabriella said carefully. What's your point? My point? He gasped as he stared at the woman. People are going to see this. People are going to see me naked. Everything. I don't want to be naked for everyone. I saw Stephanie's dancers and took comfort in the anonymity of their faces. This isn't anonymous. It's me. Stephanie had tears in her eyes as she sank to the floor. Her masterpiece, the art she'd poured her very soul into. He hated it. Gabriella and Catherine were immediately at her side glaring at his uncharacteristic insensitivity. He saw the woman's pain and it wrenched something inside his heart. He slowly knelt down and took Stephanie's hands in his. Please understand. You've done an amazing job of capturing the external aspects of who I am. It's exactly what people would see if I walked around naked. For that I think it is exquisite and I am in awe of your skill. Truly I am. What's really upsetting me is the fact that the piece doesn't capture who I am on the inside. I have a terrible shyness. I don't like being in the spotlight. I'm a very private person. This art is bold, powerful, passionate, and raw. That's who you really are, Ben. Catherine exclaimed. No, that's how I am with you in private. I can be that, but only in those intimate moments with someone I love. He looked at the sculpture again. Maybe that's what frightens me the most. You have captured something from inside me, but it's something I don't share with anyone I'm not in love with. He said quietly. Stephanie was listening carefully and her smile was back. Then I wasn't wrong about you. Ben looked at her and sighed. No, 
you weren't wrong. But I'm not in an emotional state to be rational about this art. It's too intimate. Then, this needed to be created. And it needs to be seen. It's one of the most powerful pieces I have ever laid eyes on and I've been in many of the world's best museums and art galleries. Gabriella said earnestly. He looked in her eyes and she saw the conflict and pain in his. Finally he dropped his eyes and nodded. Thank you, Ben, she said quietly. Stephanie's face lit up. If you don't mind, I don't want to know who's seen this. I'm going upstairs to pack. Ben mumbled. Of course. Gabriella and Kat lifted Stephanie to her feet then went out to speak to the others about the art. Gabriella carefully described the sculpture to her kids and explained that Ben would be uncomfortable knowing they'd seen it so they accepted that and went upstairs to do their own packing. Catherine's girls were in awe and gushed to Stephanie about how moved they were. Finally Kat had to get them moving to go pack. Gabriella found Ben in his bedroom. He was too distracted and Gabriella had to help him complete his packing. She told him she would drive while he relaxed in the van as best he could. When they got back downstairs Richard and Henry were coming out the private door and both froze when they saw Ben. Hello Richard. Hi Doc. Ben smiled. Then their expressions registered on Ben's dulled wits and he grimaced. His facial scar surfaced and the men looked away. Richard regrouped. Hello Ben. You're off? Ben was grateful for the distraction. Yes, we're heading down to Cannes. Henry stepped up. Before you go would you mind if I took a look at your injuries? I want to make sure there isn't any infection. Ben nodded and lifted his shirt off. Both men stared at his scarred chest then he turned around and Henry examined his back. Thank you Ben, you can put your shirt on. The wounds look like they are beginning to heal well. You're going to have additional scarring though. Stephanie was amazingly accurate in capturing the new injuries as well as the older ones. Henry said with a pleasant smile. Ben's expression was pained. Why you don't like it? It's one of the most beautiful pieces I've ever seen. Richard gushed, and Ben's eyes shot to him to see what he meant. Richard began to stammer. Of art. Pieces of art. Henry rolled his eyes as Ben relaxed. It's too accurate a likeness for me to be comfortable about people seeing it. I thought it would be more stylized, abstract, or otherwise distorted. Ben grumbled. Richard and Henry's eyebrows began to climb up their foreheads so Ben grabbed his suitcase with a scowl and went to load it in the van. The men turned to Gabriella who just smiled and nodded then moved to follow Ben. Richard and Henry went back for another look. Once the van and car were loaded they said their farewells. Tears were shed and hugs and kisses were exchanged. As they made their way back to the vehicles Ben saw a few older tradesmen installing the chateau sign as it was now safe to do so. They waved at Ben and he waved back. He climbed into the passenger seat, Gabriella took the wheel and they were off. They made their way to Avignon and stopped for lunch and to take a look around. There was some kind of theater festival happening and Daniel took a lot of fun shots as the McGovern ladies and Miriam handed up with the actors. Once they'd had their fun they piled back into the vehicles and headed off to Ken to check into their hotel. Gabriella guided them to their hotel in Cannes and Ben was feeling better when he saw the beautiful ocean front building. Very posh. It reminded him of their lovely time in Paris. The beach also looked inviting. They handed the vehicles over to the valets and checked in. They had multiple rooms on the top floor. They were about to turn away from the counter when the front desk clerk handed him an envelope. What's this? Ben asked. Your traveling companion checked in two days ago and asked us to deliver this to you when you arrived. The man said and was called away before Ben could find out who he meant. Ben looked at Gabriella and raised his eyebrows as he opened the envelope. He pulled a sheet of paper out and a puzzled expression appeared on his face. What's it say, Ben? Gabriella asked. He handed her the paper. How did she know we'd be here? Now? Gabriella read the brief note. 
It was a dinner invitation to a very exclusive restaurant. For Ben from Margot de la Cruz. A sudden guilty look passed over her face, and she looked at Ben. What? he asked. After I checked us out of the hotel in Paris, Margot caught me leaving the lobby. She was insistent about talking with you again. I told her it wasn't possible as we were leaving for the airport to drop Tina off and then we'd be heading south. I may have told her we'd be here. I did tell her she needed to follow your suggestions, and until she did she was dangerous to you. Ben scowled. He couldn't really argue with Gabriella as she was likely right about Margot, but he felt a little indignant she'd kept this from him. Gabriella looked at him nervously. You know I was only trying to protect you, right? It wasn't jealousy. I know you look out for me, Gabriella, but I don't like secrets. Especially when I'm being kept in the dark about something. That makes me feel like I'm being manipulated. He held up his hand to stop Gabriella's protest. I know that wasn't the intent, but it's how I feel. Margot needed to speak with me, obviously enough to track us all the way down here. I think I should at least hear what she has to say. Gabriella didn't look happy, but she nodded. When the clerk returned, Ben caught his attention. How do I go about contacting my friend? There is nothing on the note to indicate which hotel she is staying in. She is staying with us, monsieur. On your floor. Room 507. He replied. Ben smiled at the man. Ah, excellent. Thank you. The clerk nodded and moved on as Ben and Gabriella returned to their group and handed out the room keys. We have a surprise guest all the way from Paris. Margot de la Cruz he said to them and several faces dropped. Catherine looked nervously at Gabriella. Ben scowled. Were you all in on the fact that she was trying to contact me? From their surprised expressions he saw that wasn't the case. Margot tried to speak with me before we left the hotel in Paris and followed us down here so she could talk with me. I'm going to hear her out. He gave the women a straight look and they nodded if somewhat reluctantly. Let's get to our rooms. Once more Ben had a beautiful palatial hotel room with a huge bed. He looked at it longingly, but his stomach rumbled to tell him it was time for food not sleep. He picked up the phone and dialed room 507 but no one answered. He left a message with the front desk to let Margot know he had arrived and had called. There was a knock on the door, and when he opened it Gabriella quickly stepped inside and hugged him tightly being careful not to squeeze his wounds. I'm so sorry Ben. I never meant to make you feel like you were being handled. She gushed. He put his arms around her and basked in the warmth of her embrace. I know and I know you were just trying to protect me and I appreciate that. Ben's stomach chose that moment to growl loudly and they both chuckled. I think I'd better feed that monster, she teased. What are our dinner plans? He asked eagerly drawing a wide smile from the brunette. I made reservations for the entire group at a lovely restaurant that serves traditional Provencal cuisine. I think you'll love it. We should get moving, she replied. They collected up the others and walked through the busy streets to the small restaurant in one of the smaller side streets. Gabriella was greeted with a big smile and kisses on both cheeks by an older plump woman who met them at the door. Introductions were made and they were led to their table. Do you know everyone in France? Daniel asked his mother causing her to laugh. No, I met Giselle on a business trip to Milan. I came down to Nice to meet another distributor and they brought me to this restaurant. We had an amazing meal and I struck up a conversation with the owner. Giselle and I keep in touch as we are both very driven women. She smiled at her son. The meals were delicious and Giselle stayed close to ensure they were satisfied. She spoke with Gabriella for a time and Ben could see there was a shared respect and admiration there. Once the meal was done everyone had the glow of deep satisfaction though some were also glowing from the good wine so it was time to walk back to the hotel. Ben paid for the meal with a generous tip and gathered his group out on the street. 
The McGovern ladies were trying to convince Ben to go dancing with them, but Catherine saw Ben was too tired and her daughters were a little too tipsy to be on their own safely. She nixed the dancing idea completely insisting they had an early start the next day and maybe there could be dancing tomorrow night. There was a little grumbling but Ben gave them some hugs and that seemed to lighten their mood. They made it back to the hotel and Ben was flagged down by the front desk clerk as they entered. He was informed that his traveling companion was in the bar. Gabriella and Catherine gave him worried looks but he held his hand up and said he would be fine and would see them at breakfast in the morning. He gave them kisses and turned to head to the bar when a slightly drunk Sophia stepped in front of him and gave him a wet kiss. He had to pry her from his chest and she giggled on the way to the elevator. Rachel was next and she was equally tipsy and amorous. The woman had quite the active tongue. Megan and Miriam got their kiss on the cheek and he was finally free to head into the bar. As he stepped into the intimate atmosphere of the cocktail lounge his eyes were immediately drawn to the back of Margot as she sat at the bar. Even from behind he was struck with her poise and presence. Her thick wavy mahogany hair fell softly down her back and her legs were gracefully crossed. Ben headed in her direction. She was shaking her head at a man who was trying to speak to her. He looked frustrated and said something coarse then went to move away but stumbled to a stop when Ben was in his way. The man's eyes looked up at Ben's scowling face and blanched. He said something in a trembling voice and slipped around Ben to scurry away. Ben moved to the chair next to Margot and smiled. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world, she walks into mine, he said with his best Bogart impression. Oh, that was terrible. Margot smiled as she turned to him. Ben shrugged his shoulders and gestured to the chair. May I sit? he asked and she nodded. As he took his seat Ben could have sworn he heard a disappointed groan from behind him, but he put that out of his mind. I was surprised to find you here. I didn't know you wanted to speak with me again. Especially considering your state of mind at our last meeting. He said gently. Her beautiful lips turned up in a soft smile. Yes, I shed a few tears at our last encounter. You spoke words of truth that shook me and made me examine my life in a harsh light. I spent the next two days evaluating what I truly considered important to me and what I could and should discard. The bartender came by and Ben ordered a bottle of still spring water. You don't want something stronger? Margot asked once Ben was served. I don't drink anymore. I lost myself in a bottle for too many years after my wife left me, he said with a frown. I know the danger in that as well, but I've managed to stay in control. She chuckled to herself. That is one of my issues. Control. I must always have control. Of my business. Of my life. Of my relationships. Her beautiful dark brown eyes sought and held his. You asked me to take ownership of the things that led to the dissolution of my marriage. My need for control, fed by my jealousy, contributed greatly. I didn't feel safe giving my heart to that man. Even on my wedding day he flirted with the women at the reception. Ben listened and heard the pain in her voice. He struggled to keep his hands where they were on the bar holding his glass. I believe I learned a great deal about myself in those initial days after we met, and in the days that followed. I know my work is very important to me. I have put so much energy into my career and I am very proud of my accomplishments. I love my lifestyle. I have two beautiful homes in the most beautiful cities in the world. I have friends and colleagues to call upon to go out to dinner or see a play. Lovers are not difficult to find should I need to release a little sexual energy. She smiled at Ben's blush. My life is very full. My free time is very limited with the demands of my career. I travel a lot. These things also contributed to the demise of my marriage. Honestly, I made more effort on my career than my marriage as that was safer for my heart. We were not honest with each other. I knew, from the beginning, that he would betray me. Then I drove him to do it. 
A tear rolled down her cheek and stopped at Ben's finger. Her lovely eyes found his again, and her bottom lips trembled. But you can't betray a heart, can you? Ben was trembling. She was so damaged and needy. His warning bells were ringing loudly yet he couldn't move. She pressed her cheek to his fingers then pulled herself away with effort. Gabriella warned me that I was dangerous for you. I can see from your eyes that she was right. Your heart is too open and mine is too obsessive. She dabbed her eyes and gave him a tremulous smile. I know I have no right to ask this of you but I would like you to consider a proposal of mine. I have very little time to devote to a relationship and with my history I would not subject someone to a full-time partnership. That said, my life needs this missing part. I need to love and be loved. I obviously have trust issues. If I could feel secure that my love was completely safe I could open my heart to that person. Someone who could share moments of my life when they could be arranged. They would not be frequent as my life is very full. I would like you to consider being that person. Please don't say anything now. Just think about it. I must return to Paris in three days. What are you leaving? Ben had to clear his throat as his throat had seized with his tension. In five days. May I see you again before I leave? She asked. Yes, of course. We can have that dinner, I promise. She caught his eyes with hers. That sounds nice. Ben smiled. She leaned in to kiss his cheek but he turned and their lips met and lingered. She pulled back, her eyes looking deeply into his, and quickly left. Ben remained at the bar as he needed to wait for certain parts of his anatomy to relax. Eventually he made his way to his room and got ready for bed. Sleep was slow to take him that night.